The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, Panther fans? Happy New Year. I want to welcome y'all to another podcast episode of the Four Man Rush. Tonight we got myself running a cover to myself and uh, Country Kev. Uh, We're just going to break down the Panthers' loss to the Saints 18-10 yesterday and a sloppy defensive slugfest. Let's take on questions, man. We got two more games left on this season. I think everybody, if you're like us, you're probably tired of this year, ready to move on, look forward to the offseason, look forward to the draft. So. We'll uh, get to all of that when the time comes. But right now, let's just tough this one out and talk about this uh, game yesterday. First, uh, Michael Washington says, what's up? Happy New Year to the four-man Rush family. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Wish a uh, happy New Year to yourself as well. Uh, what's up, Stephen? Hope you're doing good tonight. Thank you as well for tuning in. So, so Kev, yesterday we played the New Orleans Saints, I and mean, when we beat them back in week two, although it wasn't a fully, you know, we got to admit they weren't at full strength. We were missing a couple of defensive players, a lot of their offensive staff. I mean, they come in yesterday. I mean, you know, it's the type of game Matt Rule likes, slugfest, low scoring, running the game, running the ball, you know. This seems like the Saints just, you know, wore us out at the end of the game, you know. I thought we did a good job containing Alvin Kamara when he only had – 32 yards rushing, but he got the yards when he needed to. I think they put together a final drive to go up two scores, and with our offense, I mean, 18 points is basically enough to beat us. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on the game yesterday? Uh, my thoughts on the game was, you know, thinking that hey, we uh, we we just got to play, we just got to play the string out, man. It's like I say. I, even with this losing streak, I don't think the team quit on us. I just think they're just playing uninspired. I, I really think that once this offseason hits, things are going to get leaked and dropped. Like, we've already been, you know, us, because we're very observant, you know, what's being said about whom and what's their affiliation and things of that nature. I, I feel like things are getting leaked from the locker room without it being quote unquote associated with, with, uh, with, with, with the names. Um, but at, at the end of the day, uh, I think, I think this team is ready for the season to be over, to be honest with you. I, um, that three and zero start was just such fool's goal. Um, you know, we said it multiple times, we were seeing the flaws, even in the three and zero start. Um, I've never seen an NFL team, you know, do a quarterback rotation like we're doing. That's that's just like I said, man. We, we've we've literally became the joke. We we are now the teams that we used to laugh at a few years ago. We're we're now like the old Browns. We're now like the 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 Jets, the Jaguars. You know, the uh, all the teams that we have spent a majority of our fanhood laughing and clowning that we're now them like 
real talk, with, if we was to play the Jacksonville Jaguars today, so I, I don't feel like we would win, even though they're only a two-win team. Oh, uh, same for uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks to the last second. Bucks blew us out 32-6. Right, exactly. I mean, Detroit, you know, they've been hard-fought in nearly every game they've been in. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's just from a fan's perspective, this just been a very emotional season. Y'all know me. I'm one of the more optimistic people, always looking for the silver lining, always looking for that positive hold on to that things going to be right. But uh, all that's all that's been killed for me. You know, I've even been on the whole fire Matt Rule train and all that stuff. But now I'm changing my mind. I, I, I want him to stay so that that ensures us of getting a number one pick. In 2023, Will, that's where I'm at now, man. I'm, 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 I'm playing chess. I'm playing chess. I'm tired of playing checkers with these Panthers, man. I'm like, look, like this rebuild needs to be rebuilt. Uh, you know, am I gonna still go to all the home games next year? All nine of them? Yes, I am. Am I still gonna go probably to a couple road games next year? Yes, I am. Um, but this, this, this team is just. Um, Yesterday's performance against the Saints, it was um, halftime. We was up with 10-9, I'm thinking, you know. All right, but then I realized, oh, crap, that third quarter finna come up, which we do nothing in. I think they showed a graphic where we have a minus 69-point differential in the third quarter, which was like next to last in the league. Uh, and, and sure enough, uh, you know, that, that ended up being um, – uh, what did us in? I think the Saints went up with 12 10 in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, with another field goal. So, um, yeah, you know, like I said, it, it don't take many points to beat us these days. Uh, I can remember fans complaining about us only averaging 24, 25 points a game. Man, I would love to have those days back. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, though, it is what it is, you know. Still my team, you know, in spite of whatever criticism that I have, uh, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm just sharing my frustrations in my personal way that I do the same that many other people do. Um, I'm, I'm just ready to just get this over with and, and move forward. Got one more game to go. Um, if they don't cancel my flight, <laughs> I'll be flying out Saturday morning going to Tampa <laughs> for the game. I had made these plans uh, months ago before I knew we was gonna, you know, walk off the walk off the plank this season. But um, you know, hey, eighty degrees in January, I'll take that <laughs> any day. So, um, but uh, just overall, I, I just think the Panthers are. I just think our team is just ready for the season to be over. Uh, the way they play on the field shows it, um, and um, I'm 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 with them on that. Say happy new year. Uh, happy new year to you as well, uh, Bill. The team is such a crisis. It's so sad for us sold out fans. Yep, luckily we only got one more game left. Unfortunately, they extended the season to week 18. You know, it seems like it's been going on forever. I don't think this extra game was necessary, but that's another story. So, I mean, Kev, we looked at the, you know, first half. We come down the field, the offense on script. You know, they look pretty sharp. You got to admit, you know, as much as we criticize you know, Darnold and the O-line, they came out, moved the ball pretty easily first drive. Then, of course, you know, Darnold's, what, six for six, seven for seven. Rule puts Cam in 
um, takes Darnold out, gets him out of his rhythm. Cam runs five yards, then takes Cam out, puts Darnold back in. I mean, what's that all about? Is um, subbing Cam in for one play, and then Cam doesn't play for the rest of the entire game. So I don't know what that was about. But, you know, as usual, the drive stalls in the red zone, and we settled for three points. But the thing about that, when we had the ball for nearly half the quarter, was a 12-play drive, and we had to settle for three. So I just think that's kind of the story of the year. And then after that, I mean, I thought the defense played pretty well for most of the game. But, I mean, even then, I mean, Taysom Hill, I thought, didn't really think of as a passing quarterback. But, I mean, look at the numbers he was able to put up. You know, he completed 17 out of his 28 attempts. He had one touchdown pass. He had a passer rating of 97.6, added another 45 yards rushing. You know, you know, when you look at our defense, you know, when you think about a top five unit, can we say that anymore? We're giving up 200 passing yards to Taysom Hill and letting their second, third string, you know, banged up receiving core beat us up like that. Yeah, let, let, let's just go ahead and clarify this whole defensive ranking thing. You know, people are saying Panthers got the second ranked defense. Okay, yes, and total yards, yes. Yes, we do give up the second fewest total yards. But when you factor in the fact that with the turnovers that we have, given short fields, teams don't have to go long drives to, to put points up on us. You know, so uh, this defense, is it is it top five, top ten talented? Why, as far as personnel-wise, yes, I, I do believe so. But, again, uh, it just, you know, just uninspired play, you know. I mean, let's, you know, I ain't trying to be, you know, stirring the pot or nothing, but when when the last time we had a big game from our pro bowler, Brian Burns, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Saints had what they backup tackles in. I mean, yeah, I know we was missing Hassan Reddick, but um, Burns, third year, I mean, what's up? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this was a game I was thinking that he might come in and, you know, two or three sacks, you know what I'm saying, maybe force a fumble, you know, lead a, you know, a defensive effort, you know, to still a win out of New Orleans. Uh, but, you know, um, what do you, what do you ended up with? Like, I think I had last little hits had like, what, one tackle, one quarterback hit? You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, I only put so much stock in the Pro Bowl, but if you make it, it's usually because you're, you know, you're you're putting up a, you know, a performance week in and week out, you know, that's, you know, reflective. Um, but you know, uh, you know, it's, it's it's it is what it is. Uh, Saints just just found a way to make plays. I know I was one particular play. You know, Morgan Fox, you know, executed a perfect stunt, got himself in position to backfield, um, and just. I say he got held. You can call holding really on LA pay, and it allowed the um, running back to get through for a big run. Um, like I say, guys are definitely trying, but just after a while, it just kind of just kind of just fades away. And you can just see it. Like you don't see the energy, the fat, the passion, the fire no more. You don't you don't see this on see that on the team, you know. And um, defensively, I mean, you know. Shaq Thompson, you know, you know what's up? Um, you know, he had a nice, good stretch. Um, 
But again, you know, the leaders of our defense, you know, what's what's going on? I mean, Dare Brown had a pretty very solid game. You know, he had the only sack. Um, some, you know, mixed up a little bit. Um, but overall, just just a lackluster. I mean, I, well, all the years we've been covering the same, if you're talking with a whole New Orleans 18 points, I would have took that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, look about who we used to play with. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. They always had, you know, good receivers around Thomas as well. They had Jerry Cook, Kamara, always used to give us problems. Something we finally figured out how to slow down this Sean Payton offense, and we can only manage up with 10 points. <laughs> Yeah, so even because the Saints were um, still missing several key players yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, McCoy again, was hurt at center. Armstead right. was out. Ramchek been out for a while, I think. Yeah. yeah uh, what, what's that safety name? Um, I guess uh, Williams was out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Uh, Hey, it is. It just—it's just hard to find new ways to the to, to describe the same shit we just continuously see. So I don't know. Maybe I get creative when uh, when I get back from Tampa next week when the when this misery of a season is put to rest. You know, but you know, so we we're more talented in 2021, but we played better and more competitive last year in the first year. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, we we getting our backs blown out a whole lot more this year. You know, everybody was complaining. Oh man, we lost seven, eight games. You know, Teddy, you know, couldn't you know by one score or less. And you know, ain't ain't nobody saying none of that this year. <laughs> like not nobody. So I uh, yeah, I'm I'm just ready to look forward to see other teams in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, the halftime show, and then. You know, you know what we do. We just jump into them four-man rush draft profiles and start dropping knowledge, man. That's where I'm at. I mean, look at offensively. I mean, offensive line, we know, just struggled all year. But yesterday, I mean, it seems like it's getting worse and worse every week. I mean, Sam Darnold sat, what, seven times yesterday? Now, granted, a couple of them. I mean, on the first set, Cam Jordan was rushing after him. We probably should have threw the ball away instead of just running out of bounds. So maybe we can put that one on the QB. I know there was a miscommunication on one sack between uh, Ian Thomas and Amir Abdullah. So that's not really on the offensive line. That's more. We'll put that sack on the running back and the tight end. But you still, you're talking about five sacks credited to your offensive line. I mean, Cam Jordan, I mean, Taylor Moten, I thought, played pretty decent. But they were moving Cam Jordan around, getting them those mismatches with um, John Miller. And we hear pretty much, you know, he was abusing him all game. We'll get to Miller's post-game comments in a second. But, I mean, Brady Christensen, I thought, played serviceable at left tackle. So what is wrong with this interior offensive line, though, Kev? I mean, five sacks given up yesterday, consistently getting beat up on stunts. I mean, you see Elf line not seeing a stunt come around, getting blown up. Are they just not communicating? Are they just not talented enough? What's going on there? Uh, definitely when I was able to kind of watch back over the replays, it's, it's both, it's both talent issue and communication issues. Like when you're having communication issues in these, um, uh, at this point of the game, you know, a couple of weeks for the season over with, um, again, it's just a, a lack of focus. 
teams are not doing any elaborate blitz scheme to, you know, get the quarterback pressure and sacks that they're doing. They're doing the basic stuff that you see done during training camp every year. Uh, tackle in, you know, loop. Um, you know, the cross fry bits by the linebackers. Um, uh, what's that one you call it? Green dog. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy how this offensive line and, yeah, the personnel, you know, talent-wise, but I got to look at this offensive line coach um, here. Like, I know he was brought in, you know, came over from San Diego, but, like, man, were we really that – like, we really found out we were really spoiled by Matt Sko, you know what I'm saying, uh, who currently has the Redskins – you know, offensive line like a top five unit in both pass and run. But, but yeah, well, it's definitely a talent issue um, in the trenches. I mean, my God, it, like, I think what um, Cam Jordan had like three and a half sacks by himself. <laughs> I mean, he's literally like a one night wrecking crew. So, um, I know you said Taylor Moten played well, but, uh, it's about four or five plays. Cam Jordan was just kicking Taylor Houghton ass with 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 much ease. Like with like I'm like, damn, like he got on cleats of skates. Like it was just it was just abusive, you know what I'm saying, at, at times. So um, you know, we try to avoid letting four or five plays d- dictate things, but man, it just seemed like it was when I was paying attention, it just happened more often than probably it was, wasn't, but uh, at the end of the day, though, this this offensive line still needs a a, a major overhaul and, and upgrade. So, um, yeah, it is talent and it's communication because there's again these are basic moves that def- defense that defense coordinators are calling against us that we're still struggling with. And I know they got to be when they see the fan, they be like, "Damn, they they really can't block this." Oh, fellas, we're gonna keep it simple this week. <laughs> I mean, imagine being a defensive tackle or defensive end watching the Panthers film for your next opponent and seeing Pat Elfline, John Miller, you know, Michael Jordan, and Cam Irvin on that offensive line, maybe licking your chop. That's your time to make your Pro Bowls, get your incentives, get your sack numbers up, you know, make your highlight tape for free agency. <laughs> it's your get-right week, basically. But I think I missed uh, two more. I think, I think it was actually probably, what, three sacks that were – well, I guess what's we'll the Darnold threw or ran out of bounds on one that was more on the quarterback than the O line. We had one sack where the running back and tight end had a miscommunication. Chauncey Gardner Johnson had two sacks, right? So I think one he came off the blitz. Um, I don't know if the tackle or the running back was supposed to pick him up. And on the last one, that was on the quarterback. He just got to find his hot read with the unblocked uh, blitzer on that two minute drill. So. Yeah, Miss me, you know, trying to find reasons for the sacks, but still three, four sacks, all those pressures given up. Just wasn't a very good day, particularly for the interior O-line in week 17. So, I mean, that's going to be an area we definitely want to look to address uh, this offseason. As far as the um, offensive play calling, did you get a sense that they were a little on the conservative end? I mean, you're looking at these third and nines, third and mediums, and they're not even trying to push the ball downfield. It's, you know – Bubble screen here, you know, uh, wide receiver screen there, you know, it's 
check down here. I mean, does it think it's more about them not trusting uh, Sam Darnold to push the ball or trying to just play not to lose until the fourth quarter? What do you think of Jeff Nixon's uh, play calling for most of the game yesterday? Uh, the play calling was very, like you said, very conservative, very coddled. Uh, this was the, you know, caution, fragile, please don't drop play calling. Like, okay, we, you know, we was cutting up about that stat that came out post game that was dropped. Oh, uh, by, you know, about the 0.0, .0 air yards and people like, oh, they're making up stats. So what's air yards? And I'll let you have fun, you know, explaining that one. But, um, man, I, I really think throughout the game, I probably saw maybe five passes that were inter intermediate and barely intermediate. Like, like I can't even remember any deep shots at all. Like, I think I saw, you know, DJ catch one for about 10 or 12 yards. Robbie caught one for about 11, 12 yards. But, man, that – I'll be hard-pressed to really, you know, find, you know, highlights of, you know, pass plays, you know, resulting in good yardage yesterday. It seemed like everything was either at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, you know, and, and it just – it was extremely, extremely vanilla, extremely predictable. Uh, well, my mom was 70 years old. She she was coming in, sitting beside me, and she, she's just like she, – she was able to pick up on it. You know what I'm saying? Your 70-year-old mother, who is just as casual when it comes to football as it can be, when she picking up on she's just like, didn't they just run that same play? I'm like, yeah, mom. She's like, well, why don't they change it up some? I said, mom, it's – he ain't saying nothing that ain't ain't already been said. So, I mean, when a casual fan in their 70s can pick up on it, you know you're struggling, bro. <laughs> the struggle is real. Yeah, air yards. Air yards is just the uh, – instead of, you know, yards per completion, that kind of get that can get higher because of yards after the catch. The real one is uh, air yards where you want to know how the average distance the ball travels from the quarterback's hand. I think David Newton from ESPN, Panthers beat writer, posted that Sam Darnold at a certain point in the game late in the fourth quarter, his average air yards per attempt was 0, 0.0 yards. That means we were not, on average, we were zero air yards. Everything was horizontal, screens, check downs, you know, very little, you know, anything down the field. I mean, it's just you can't move the ball like that, you know, and, I just don't know what they're going to do with this um, offensive game plan. And they need to, I think it's just a combination of needing upgrades at both offensive line and quarterback in the near future. So we'll see how they address that in the uh, offseason. We'll see some more of these um, fan comments. They can't go deep. Sam's got 0.82 seconds to get his release. It's a combination of both. I mean, I don't think it's fair to say the offensive line is 100% responsible for Sam Darnold being bad at what he does. I think, you know, both can be true, basically. I think we need a better offensive line, but I don't think that's going to make Sam Darnold play any better than what we've seen so far. And I think the play calling basically kind of shows us that. Next comment, Jeff, Nixon is learning on the fly to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Once they say the game plan after the first half, you know, but that was the thing is that was also the issue with Joe Brady as well. I mean, Kev, what's our 
um, point differential in the third quarter, 69 points? Yeah, negative 69 points, 31st in the league. Wow. So what does that tell you? We're just not making adjustments coming out of the locker room or what? <laughs> Man, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they, you know, checking their voicemails at halftime. I, I, I don't know if they're in the, to- in the bathroom, in the toilet. Like, <laughs> whatever it is, it, it damn sure ain't working. And, and – the lack of ownership to this is what really is what really boils my blood um, about this. Uh, it just seems to be such a nonchalant, uh, you know, explanation of, you know, for this. Um, you know, one weird streak that we got in tech still, we're still the only team in the league that hasn't gave up an opening um, drive touchdown this year. So we'll see if we can keep that. Uh, Fank streak alive next week against the um against the against the Bucks, but um man, it's just <laughs> offensively, man, we're we're just as plain Jane, vanilla, whatever you want to call it, as uh, as it gets, and it sucks because, like I said, there's talent on the team to be much better. We'll use pointing out during games saying that um. Terrence Marshall is a player. You know, yeah, we I saw that. Um, sideline catch Terrence Marshall made. I mean, that's a veteran play. I mean, Darnold had rolled out, and Terrence Marshall was coming back to the football. Darnold put it in a good spot. When Marshall caught the ball with his hands, got two feet down, tight rope the sideline, and it just sees the kind of potential and the kind of talent we have at the skill positions, but we just can't utilize those guys um, that well because, one, we don't have the talent at quarterback and we don't have the talent on the offensive line. I mean, it's like one point in the game, I'm like, is DJ Moore even on the team anymore? What are we <laughs> trying to do here? You know, we're not getting our weapons involved, you know. All summer we're talking about, I mean, granted McCaffrey's hurt, but, I mean, Derrick Henry's hurt. What's Tennessee doing without him? They're running through. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Is that our excuse? But all summer we're just talking about our weapons. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Shai Smith, Terrence Marshall, Christian McCaffrey. We had a depth with Chuba. Hubbard, who, you know, leaves a lot to be desired, but we'll talk about that later. But, you know, why can't we get all these guys involved, get these guys touches, open up the offense a little bit? This thing comes down to those two things we've been talking about. I think that's got to be the number one area we address, not only this offseason, but this may take two years to address both finding our next long-term solution at quarterback and improving this O-line. So. Next comment, the one that got – Darnold's interception, I think, was a hook and ladder play. They were trying to set up. They had um, – if you watch the All-22, Chuba Hubbard was coming around for, like, a pitch after – who was it, DJ Moore, the intended receiver? Uh-huh. Yeah, so they were going to do kind of a hook and ladder pitch on him. In second and 20, I mean, we can clown Darnold all day for interceptions and turnovers, but, you know, a second and 20 and a two-minute drill, you're trying to run a hook and ladder. I mean, I'm not really going to stress over that one. All right. Yeah, well, share that statistic you guys posted about the comparison between Sam Darnold this year and Jimmy Clausen in 2010. That tweet actually went viral that I did this morning. So we know Sam had a 3-0 start. He had a healthy Christian McCaffrey. You know, he was playing. I don't think he was playing great football, but he was playing serve. He looked like a starting quarterback in the NFL level. But since then... Sam Darnold has basically been 
Jimmy Clausen, and I'll show you guys why in a minute. So here you go. Since that 3-0 start we talked about, Sam Darnold's completed about 54% of his passes, four TDs, 11 interceptions, passer ratings 58.2. He's lost two fumbles. So in the eight games since that 3-0 start, Darnold has 13 turnovers, so a little more than one turnover per game, right? Jimmy Clausen played 12 games in 2010, completed about 53% of his passes, three touchdowns to nine interceptions. Passer rating is a little bit higher than Darnold during that stretch, 58.4 to 58.2. He lost two fumbles during that season. So he had 11 turnovers in 12 games, so a little less than one turnover per game. So since that start where, you know, Darnold was playing serviceable, he's been as bad or worse than Jimmy Clausen in 2010. That's the kind of performance we're talking about right now when we just say, you know, we're basically living that all over again. I mean, not to say they're the same level. You know, Darnold's obviously a better quarterback than Jimmy Clausen, but statistically, you know, since that fast start, you know, it's a wash. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, Clawson even has the edge in passer rating over Sam's in that last stretch. So it's going to be a big question mark about what we do uh, this offseason. See more of these uh, fan comments. Love the work, fellas. Personally. I've been making mock drafts since week 12. Man, I hate that when we got to do mock drafts since week 12, man. Aren't y'all tired of that, man? Don't you want to have a season where we're actually talking about playoff scenarios and doing playoff simulators going, we beat them, they lose to them, we beat them, then we win the division. Instead, we're doing mock drafts in November, just early December. It's like four years in a row. I know we're tired of this now, but let's go. Um Looking at offensive linemen, you got Evan Neal, uh, Tyler Linderbaum, Trevor Penning, Ikem Ekwanu. That's a lot of the fan favorites from NC State. Uh, Rasheed Walker, Jared Patterson, Darian Kennard, Zion Johnson, to name a few. And one guy you did left off your list. I mean, Smooth won't like this. He's <laughs> out of Georgia. If you want to talk old linemen, you know, on this podcast, make sure you keep Jamari Salyer in your list of names. I mean, if you watch this last game against Michigan, like Michigan's edge rush duo had Aiden Hutchinson, who I think he was one of four finalists for the Heisman Trophy, and maybe be a top one, top two pick in this draft. I mean, Jamari Salyer completely shut him down at left tackle, put him on his back pancake block. You can find that highlight on YouTube. So I think there's a lot of offensive linemen in this draft that could potentially Improve our roster next year, but we'll get to that. We have, what, three, four months to talk draft prospects, so that's definitely be something that we're going to uh, be looking out for. Yeah, and definitely make sure y'all stick with us because, um, you know, nothing's finalized, but, you know, the four-man rush, we're going to um, we're gonna see what we can do to pop up in Vegas for this one, you know? Yeah, but day two might want to sleep in a little bit. <laughs> Look, look, look. Depends on what we do on a Vegas strip for a day. Or two. Uh, look, look, look. Depends on what 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 we can um milk for that that top pick, man. You know it's gonna right. be it's gonna be interesting. Are you selling it? Hey, to the highest bidder. Let's see. Uh, Donald Hartsfield asks: Is OC more important in the offseason than QB or O line? Rule is no top. I mean. 
Kev, Smooth, they all got their own opinions. Me, I think they're all needs. I don't think you can say one's more important than the next. You're right. I don't think Sam Darnold will be good with the 1992 Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I don't think Joe Montana would be good with our offensive line. I think they're both problems. They both need to be addressed. And we're not going to get very far until we address both of them, whether it's next year or it takes two years to get it done. It's going to take two. This, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not no draft. Even if we had our, even if we had our ri- original assortment of draft picks, it still, uh, still would not be, still would not be enough. Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, I think I know we want to win right away, but talking about rebuilding the offensive line, you're gonna plug Evan Neal at left tackle. Now, Rashawn Slater is having a phenomenal season, but I'm gonna ask you: is is that common for a rookie to come in like Rashawn Slater, or you expect the guy to more take? half a season, one year to kind of get acclimated before you get that kind of performance out of a rookie? Um, it, also, it, it really depends on the blocking scheme, the blocking philosophy of where you're going to. Because see, with, with Rashawn Slater, um, and I'll see if I can pull up his uh, draft profile we did uh, on the website. Um Matter of fact, yeah, if you get a chance to, we'll uh, go to the website and scroll back or something. But anyway, one of the things that um, – because I did his draft profile, one of the things that I noticed in my f- watching his film is that he is L- he excels in zone blocking, uh, zone blocking schemes. And what do the, char- the Chargers do? They do zone blocking. So he went to a team that featured a scheme that best suits – uh, his needs. Now, Rashawn Slater had played, you know, on both sides of the ball. He played right tackle, right guard, left tackle, left guard. Um, he basically paid everything but center. Um, and, you know, there was some talk about um, possibly putting him at guard. But, you know, this rookie was thrown in the fire from day one. And, you know, these short arms, you know, everybody all caught up with arm length. Oh, it's Got to have 36-inch arms and, you know, to all this other, all these other little metrics. Put, put on a, put on a film and a tape. When you watch Rashawn Slater, are you, are you, are you talking about his arm length? Or are you talking about how he's dominating the person that's in front of him? You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it, it's, it's just crazy. You know, even though, you know, he got to a slow start. He, uh, the next guy, you know, my favorite from last year, you know, Panay Sewell. You know, he's come on with a strong finish, just, you know, as far as like his individual work, you know, after going all that back and forth on the right to the left and things of that nature. So when you, when you, when you're able, a good coach will feature his scheme around the player's talents instead of forcing um, his scheme on the players, you know. And, and I just think that's one of the things that, uh, that we're struggling with here uh, with the Panthers. Um, you know, we got Deontay Brown, who's obviously best suited as um, a power man block, you know, you know, guy, but he can't get on the field because we're got a lot of um, zone blocking guys, you know, by nature. So, um, yeah, but but to answer your question, Will, uh, Rashawn Slater's doing good because he went to a team that featured his strength with their scheme. And he's excelled at it from the base, best, um, from excelled at it from the jump. Uh, oh, question: Did Rashawn Slater make the Pro Bowl this year? Yes, yes, he did. 
You know what your grade was? Perennial Pro Bowler. Perennial, <laughs> <laughs> that means every year. Perennial. <laughs> Yo, what, what's the, hey, Will, what's the date on that? The, the, the date of this article date, on there? Yeah, date was, what's that date? It was, um, oh, yeah, date. This was from um, NFL Draft. Probably, what, March, February? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. But, um. Uh, but yeah, but if you scroll back up, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, one minute. Oh, I yeah. want to point something out real quick. Yeah. Um. So you know, basically, you know, when I was talking about, you know, fit his strengths. I mean, when you put on the film, what you watch, uh, like I said, natural knee bender, extremely athletic and agile, plays with low leverage, excels at combo blocks. Um. And right there, two from the bottom, best at zone blocking schemes. Um, you know, when you when you when you watch him play, these are the things that that stood out in college that he did well. That is, that's transitioned um, well over to the pros. And then, as you see my summary above, like I said, he, his freshman year he started off at right tackle. Um, junior year he switched over to left. Um, you know, he, 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 it was really a no surprise that, um, that he was going to do so well, you know, with us. Now, had we took him at eight, a lot of fans probably would have been pissed or mad because they didn't know a lot about him. But, um, well, now you know, <laughs> right. Now yeah. Everybody want to slay Right. Yeah. 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 I, I don't hear nobody else talking about them arms because it was actually some people that were, Spot net. Oh yeah, he yeah he did good at Northwestern, but that was at Northwestern. He ain't, ain't gonna transition over. You know his arms ain't long enough, and oh that was just a fluke against Chase Young and this that and the third man. It's just <laughs> it is crazy. So folks, this right here shows that when four man rush put our work in and eyes, you know we call it like you see it. You know, but yeah. I just want. I'm glad you found that. We just wanted to uh, point that out though. Let's see where I leave off. So we left off with this comment. We answered that. So William Teeter, this team right now doesn't have enough good things going for it to make it attractive for quality free agents to want to come and play. In fact, other teams' players are clowning us. I know a lot of y'all Tar Heel fans may remember uh, Eric Ebron, the tight end. He was a Tar Heel, right, Kev? Yeah, yeah, he was Tar Heel, yeah. So uh, I guess he's friends with Trey Boston because they're both Tar Heels. If you go on Twitter today, and I'm going to bring that over next, what you got here? Trey Boston, this uh, guy made a post, me with this team this year. You got the Antonio Brown meme saying, peace out, I'm done with this team. Trey Boston says, wait, it took Jay-Z seven years. Eric Ebron laughing at us, seven years. So you got other teams' players, got nothing to do with the Panthers, laughing at Matt Rule and his uh, seven-year rebuild. It took Jay-Z seven years, so <laughs> that just shows you where we are as a team right now. I got other teams laughing at us and Matt Rule's interviews right now. <laughs> yeah, since that Jay-Z comment, our last two games and got flexed because I didn't know if you saw that. Right. They, they flexed it. They flexed the game um, this week again. So I'm like, damn. So I was going to be – so, yeah, so I was looking forward to – you know, game over, you know, enjoying some some beach. But, hell, I ain't going to be leaving the game to damn near 8 o'clock now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, not, not, yeah. Shoot, because I got a, like, a 8 o'clock flight back, land back in Charlotte about 10. But, yeah. 
Said, so why do you think they flexing us? I think they flex the Saints game because New Orleans is still in the playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, I mean, they're done. They don't have anything left to gain, do they? Because I know Green Bay won the bye. But Bruce Arians said they're playing their starters, so I don't think we're going to mess up our draft position with one of those. Kyle Allen week, <laughs> 17 victories this week. And, uh, switching gears here. Um, News yesterday with our loss, our 20, the Carolina Panthers 2022 opponents are set. So we know what our home and away games will be. We just don't know the schedule or in what order they'll be. So I'm going to put that on the screen next. Give me a chance. And y'all, when I tell you we should have won this year because next year it's going to be pretty brutal for us. Um, Let me get that up for y'all. The next year, we're going to have the NFC West. So you got the Cardinals, the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks. You're going to have the NFC North with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Baltimore Ravens. So that's your opponents right there. You Look at that schedule there, man. I mean, you got the Atlanta. You got your four division games, which, you know, we'll always play those teams twice a year. Arizona Cardinals are still first place in the NFC West right now, Kev. You got uh, – um, I think it's between them and the Rams. But yeah, yeah, the, the division will be decided uh, this coming Sunday. And they just beat the Dallas Cowboys, which was a big win for them. Got San Francisco 49ers at home. Remember last time we played them, what was it, like 51 to 13? So, we owe them. But that was at that was at San Francisco, yeah. So, yeah, that was the uh yeah, that was the uh whoop ass game there. Last time it was in Charlotte, we actually uh, uh we actually won that game. They had a down year and last time we had them in Charlotte, but next year, I mean, they're bringing the pretty much the same team back. Trey Lance will probably be their quarterback in year 2. So, you know, another tough game there. We got Mike Tomlin's uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Last time we played them, what was it, 50? Did they 50-burgered us as well? <laughs> On Thursday night football, man. Yeah. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger won't be here, but I'm sure they'll find ways to address their quarterback position in the offseason. And, you know, Mike Tomlin teams don't have losing records, so that's going to be another tough game there. Cleveland Browns at home, I mean – Looking at our run defense going up against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, how, how you like that matchup? <laughs> oh, how you like Cam Irvin trying to block uh, Miles Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> Davion Clowney on the other side, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Lord of mercy. I mean, okay, the Detroit Lions, I mean, they're struggling this year, but hey, I mean, when the last I mean, time we beat Detroit? Than didn't they just have a big win? They beat the Vikings, who we lost to. They beat Man, the um, they beat another good team. I can't even think of right now. Hell, we shit. We haven't beat Detroit in a while. They're gonna have um Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson against our guys probably with the number one, number two pick. So it's a winnable game. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna cheat Detroit like some juggernaut, but still, 
I think they'll be much improved. They have a great coach. They're motivated. They play hard. So, I mean, it's another game to look out for. Denver Broncos. Um, it's going to be I – don't, I don't know if they're going to bring back Teddy Bridgewater next year, so that may be a Teddy B revenge game. If not, I hear they're in the market for, you know, make a splash at that position, whether it be Russell Wilson or uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, that may be another tough game. And I think they have a very talented roster. They just need to get their quarterback situation uh, uh, fixed. L.A. Rams, I mean, I don't think they need an introduction away. So, <laughs> you know. Aaron Donald versus Pat Elfline and, you know, John Miller. Is that something y'all want to see? <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks probably be in a rebuilding mode. Is that So that's what, two wins or three possibles right now? Uh, two possibles, uh, Detroit, Seattle, and maybe Denver. Thank you, man. Let's cut the shit. Let's go ahead and get this 0-17 out of the way. Let's lock out this number one overall pick. <laughs> and with the first pick in the 2023 draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Roll <laughs> Tide. Let's, let's stop playing with this thing, Smokey. Let's go ahead, man. So we're going to have Evan Neal or Tyler Linderbaum in 2022, Bryce Young in 2023, huh? Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and get the line this year, get the quarterback in this year, and, and let, let our new coach – Come in because we'll we'll be clear we'll be free of dead cap and we'll have a full assortment of draft picks and and, and the Panthers' new um headquarters will be up. Hey, by the way, I, I don't know how many of y'all ever or ever ride through the Charlotte area, but if uh, if y'all ever get a chance to um, ride down Interstate seventy seven South or which way coming up, depending on which way coming up, might be coming up north um, between Exit seventy nine and Rock Hill and Exit eighty two. Man, like Will, like I'm starting to see the structure where the um, where the uh, start to put up the, the structure and the frame for the uh, for the big stadium uh, part where where they're gonna be um, we're gonna be sitting down in that man. Like it's it's starting to come along. Like they um, they're getting ready to actually check this out. They're getting ready to build a damn exit. Like <laughs> Tupper said, I, I want traffic. I want all. He said, look, I want all the traffic. <laughs> so as this um. If anybody ever get a chance to uh, ride this way, man, just definitely uh, come through and check it out. That that place is going to be immaculate, for real. So uh, Brad Holt says, have you ever seen an NFL team that didn't know who their backup kicker was? Uh, I know what Bill Belichick, he he, uh, he would have had that answer way before game time. He probably has kicker tryouts from all his receivers, running backs, tight ends, DBs, and linebackers in training camp. So he'll – no, if they ever get down into an emergency kicker situation, he won't have that, you know, tryout in front of a national audience that Matt Rule tried to pull. So I think that was just kind of a bit of an inexperienced move on our part, but you expect that from a college staff still learning the pro game. That is a grown man you're clowning, Irving. So you expect him to be back. So let's look at this. We have 48 minutes in. Look at the schedule. Let's say we just have a normal Panthers offseason, some modest free agent signings. We don't have much cap flexibility, some offensive line heavy draft. How many wins are you looking at here in January, pre-free agency and draft? <laughs> Two. Two and 15. Wow. 
No, Will, like, I, I know it may seem like I'm clowning joke, but Will, <laughs> real, real talk, man, like, because the quarterback, because I know the question was brought up about Trent uh, Fridge. First of all, it will go a long way because the love for Cam Newton outside of Charlotte is real. Now, yeah. if you want to talk about getting people to come, show a commitment to Cam. I know we got Donald. If y'all want to quote, let him have a battle for it or whatever the case may be or whatever. I I I sit as goofy as down and just let him collect that eighteen million dollars and 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 sip some damn Gatorade or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, that would go a long way. But ain't ain't nobody standing here uh, taking you know less money to try to help team build that they're gonna um that this is what they got to come back to so. You know, nah, and then plus players are also looking at the fact that that um uh, this big salary cap uh increase from the confident the, the huge TV contract that was just signed this all season that's going to uh, start kicking in in twenty twenty three as well. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, hey, man. Let, let, let's let's just go ahead and just let God do His work and let us get that number one overall pick, man. And let's let's. Uh, what, what's the other quarterback? C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State? That's the other one? Yeah, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, 2023. So you got to sit tight one more year. You, you'll be happy with you do. The 2023 season. So let me ask you this, Will. Number one pick out of them two, who would you take? Take Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Yeah. Like a young Aaron Rodgers, you know, present prospect. You got that kind of talent. Aaron Rodgers with Mellon. Right. <laughs> this bold prediction here rule won't make it past the bye week he'll be gone in 20 man looking at that schedule man i, I don't know if that's even a bold prediction <laughs> man you remember the last I, time we had a schedule like this i mean i love to know what Tupper thinking right now god i would love to know man Ooh. man like this year you look at our schedule like, oh we got the jets we got the texans we got the saints on the down here we got the um, you know, the Giants, who we lost to. You know, we didn't expect the Eagles to be that great. You know, this was a very winnable schedule. I thought we could get seven, eight games. But next year, man, I'm struggling to find three. <laughs> so we'll see. It's it's like, like, we'll see what they do this offseason to make us change our mind. It's like, okay, you could appreciate that easy schedule. Well, damn it, here you go. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Last comment of the night. Uh, Cam is greater than Darnold. You know, I think most Panther fans would agree with that, but you got to look at it from Matt Rule's perspective. You know, who's he committed to? Who's got the fifth year option? Who does he have starting right now? It's looking like, you know, it might be another year of Rule and Darnold, which may get us the number one pick, <laughs> to be honest. You all on board with Tepper with that rule. The thing with that, if you look at like the last, oof, I did a post on Twitter, last uh, seven or eight new owners, all of them missed on their first coaching hire. So I think Tepper has the right idea. He knows what he wants. He needs a good GM, good head coach, franchise quarterback, good offensive line, and uh, um, use analytics to gain an advantage and not be stuck in mediocrity. I just think like a typical new owner, he just missed his first coaching hire. So hopefully, you know, he learns from his mistakes. We get a more experienced guy 
you know, qualified guy to come in and help, you know, try again and rebuild the rebuild. So that's about 52 minutes. Gone through all the fan comments. Appreciate everybody for joining us tonight. I know it's kind of hard, you know, to talk Panthers in seasons like this. You know, exhausted after these, you know, 17 weeks and consecutive losses. I think uh, we're on a pace. To, the Panthers are on pace to set a record as the worst uh, team following the 3-0 start with the uh, – it would be a 2 and 12 finish. So that would be the worst of all time. I think the worst right now is a 2 and 11. But with the extra game, the 2 and 12 finish would be the worst finish for a team in NFL history after a 3 0 start. So add that to Matt Rule's resume as a, a second year coach. You think Fitterer should say, yeah, Fitterer is safe. They're not going to fire a first year uh, GM. And I think if you look at Joe Person's article, oh, man, we didn't even get to talk about that today. Maybe I'll <laughs> um, uh, touch on that if we get some free time next later this week. But yeah, if you read Joe Person's article, very good article about, you know, the what's going on in the locker room, the state of the Panthers currently. He says that Matt Rule has final say on all roster decisions. So I don't know who was responsible for passing on Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith and trading back. You know, was it rule or fit? But uh, apparently rule has final say. So I think he should get the bulk of the blame for the state of the O-line in the quarterback position right now. So any final thoughts, Kev, before we sign off before week 17? Yeah, that last part you just said, I, I just remember watching the Camp Confidential, um, what I was previewing the behind the scenes of the draft, and sitting there watching Fitterer be like, no, nah, let's, let's, let's trade back. Yeah, that's the right thing to do, fellas. Let's, we can get more value. We can get more value. And and I, and I hear you about not want to fire a first-year general manager, but um, when you look at the – like I say, yeah, Rule does have the final say. That's why I say when it's time, pack up both of them from my perspective, <laughs> you know, because, um, you know, this – this offensive line is, you know, it's looking very Seattle-ish. <laughs> At worst, we just don't have a Russell Wilson to mask it. Um, but, um, you know, that's 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 just me personally. But uh, as always, just want to thank our fans and followers for listening, following us, cutting up, chatting up with us in the Facebook groups, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, you know, we never take you guys for granted. We appreciate you. Showing us the love that you do, you know, with the inboxes, the tags, and the questions and things of that nature. So uh, it's never taken for granted. We appreciate the love. And if you weren't able to catch our live show tonight, it should be on iTunes, Spotify, Omni, all the podcast platforms, uh, Google Podcasts, whatever your preference is. So just be on the lookout. Probably have it out to y'all by. Try to do tomorrow morning, latest uh, Wednesday, so you can re-listen to this in case you might have missed something. Uh, be on the lookout for our draft content coming up. We're excited about that. Finally get rid of this season. But first, we just got a home game this weekend with 445 or 425 kickoff at Tampa Bay. All right. And this is the season finale. Tampa's going to play their starters, so maybe – 
you know, hopefully to show some kind of fight and give us something to you know, look forward to heading in the next year. So, again, appreciate y'all for tuning in with us tonight. Appreciate your support all season. What a rush. Have a good night and happy new year.